temp check. What kind of summer are we having this year? A family road trip summer? A beach bum summer? Or a wake me when the sun sets summer? With Instacart, choose your own adventure and skip the shopping side quests. Where available, you can get ice cream delivered to your hotel, sunscreen to the pool, or cold brew to your bed. Well, door. In as fast as 30 minutes. Wherever you find yourself this summer, you can get the goods. Download Instacart for free delivery on your first three orders. Offer valid for a limited time. Minimum $10 per order. Excludes restaurants. Additional terms and fees apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. In Times Square, 2021 kicked off the way it always does. A year ago, as we prepared to say goodbye and good riddance to the year 2020, usual packed crowds, just a few dozen emergency workers were invited to ring in the new. There was a sense of much-needed relief. The vaccine had arrived, and it was going to help put COVID in the rearview mirror. We elected a new president. The nation was on the mend, or so we thought. Then came 2021. The insurrection, new waves of COVID, more gun violence, troubles around the world. 2021 was definitely not as easy as we hoped it would be. But it wasn't without moments of inspiration and resilience. We also learned a lot these past 12 months. Here at Connect the Dots, we met some pretty special people over the year doing some really important things. They helped us better understand the world we're living in and the year that we all had to navigate. They helped us shine a light on stories like missing women, the plight of hourly workers, street vendors, and Afghan refugees. We learned just how interconnected the world was by something called the supply chain. In one of our episodes on climate change, our own producer, Dempsey Pallott, shared his harrowing story of survival. But when we opened that door, a flood of water came in and like, it pushed us back a little. And obviously, after we get pushed back and we're happy that the door is open, we're, she, she says, the kids, the kids. And I'm like, the kids, the kids. As we ended this most difficult year, our team got together to talk about the lessons we learned from working on the show. Sometimes I think this pandemic, which you know started last year um, and is still going on this year, has kind of made me realize that we don't make enough decisions about people. We make a lot of decisions about ideas and you know things that we want to happen, but we often like forget the people of it all. And in Connect the Dots, we're always trying to find that like personal narrative. And that's kind of heightened that for me too, to like try to find the, where's the human angle of every story is kind of a lens I, I have now. I'm Linda Lopez, and this is Connect the Dots from Odyssey, a weekly podcast where we draw together multiple perspectives to unpack a single compelling story. This week, it's our story. So let's go ahead and start. Good morning, good afternoon, everyone. That's our executive producer, Mallory Samara. She's in San Francisco, but this virtual visit brought together our entire team from California, Chicago, and New York City. Along with Mallory, you'll hear from producers Sydney Fishman, 
Lauren Barry, and Dempsey Pilat. We began with Mallory, and what episode this year stood out to her? Out of the episodes, you know, we've been producing Connect the Dots and putting out episodes since June. I know for me, you know, this was one of our more lighthearted episodes um, earlier on, and it was about the billionaire space race. And the person that we we interviewed, um, he, his main concern, you know, he his expertise is in security, right? National security. The, the two concerns that I have with the kind of vision that Bezos has, or, or similarly for Musk on Mars, um, one is is that it risks becoming a very elitist future. I mean, who's actually going to be up on these space colonies, or who's going to go to Mars? Because um, it's probably not all of us. If space is sort of the you know a, escape program, or you know the refugee bunker for billionaires to get away from problems on Earth. Um, you know, that makes it a lot less exciting. And, you know, I, I hope that's not what we're headed towards. Uh, something that he said was his fear of us and, you know, like Elon Musk and Bezos, you know, them wanting to colonize the cosmos is that, you know, as humans, we tend to be very conflict oriented. And, you know, what what's going to happen if we bring all of that conflict out into space and we just repeat what we've done here on Earth out in space and, you know, kind of giving giving a venue to rich people who can afford to do these things and out to escape what's happening here. I'm never going to forget that. That's that's definitely stuck with me all of these months. Mallory, you stole the episode that I wanted to talk about for pretty much the same reasons. Now, the, the space race one is super scary because another thing that the, the gentleman that you spoke to in the episode, he said something about... It's, it's really concerning that the fact that the people that want to go to space uh, are people who only care about themselves. Elon Musk, Jeff Bezos. I mean, these guys have enough money to give grants to everybody on Earth, but they don't uh, to, to help all, to end homelessness. Right. And yet they're looking to the stars, getting ready to leave us all behind. And I think that's very scary. And I think it's something we should keep our eyes on. And Mallory will, rem- will remember this well. Wow, did you have to convince me to do that space race episode? Because I was not on board. I was ten percent not on board. I was like, I don't care about billionaires who want to use their money to do, you know, tourism travel to space. And (laughs) Mallory brought together such great points of view, brought up such great issues in it that, that exactly like she was just talking about, and also managed to weave it together in a very creative and fun way. And I thought to myself, the end, dang it, she did it. She made me care about this subject. <laughs> she got me on board and I was, I was obstinately insistent on not getting on board, but that ended up being one of the um, episodes I really, really liked. And if you guys will indulge me for a second, the episode uh, that we did after Gabby Petito's body was found to ask the question why missing Indigenous women in Wyoming weren't receiving that kind of national attention, that one's going to stay with me for a long time. We, we spoke to the mother of two Indigenous girls who had gone missing and who were found dead, and I literally couldn't imagine what it is like to be a mother or a parent who goes through that. I pray for that family. I know that pain too well. Your your world is crushed. I'm grateful that she was able to locate her child because look at the many, many others across 
our nation that have it. These are real people. My daughters are unique and special. And that's become I advocate and fight so much for justice for them. Get up and speak out and say something. Because if you choose not to, it's just going to keep happening and happening and happening again. And, and to hear her talk about it in a way where she, you know, she's so strong and able to handle it, but tells you what that loss is like so deeply will will probably never leave me. And then Hurricane Ida hit here on the East Coast in New York, so especially so hard in a way that, you know, I've been reporting on this city for two decades and I don't remember a, a climate or weather event like that. This was people in the boroughs of New York City dying in their own homes if they were sublevel, if they were basement homes, because the water was filling up so quickly they couldn't get out in time. And, you know, we're called Connect the Dots, and I didn't think we'd connect the dots so close to home here. Because, you know, when Dempsey already talked about um, having to be in a new home because it was a basement-level apartment that you and your family were in, and you barely got out. But I turned the corner, and I saw my fridge floating. The water had come in so heavy and so much that my fridge was floating. And not only was it just floating, it was still connected to the wall through the the, the, the power cord. Obviously, thinking of everything that you would unplug in a situation like this, you don't think of the fridge because you don't think the fridge is going to float. So I, 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 was, I stood frozen for a second. And then out of nowhere, my neighbors came. Oh, my God. It was like... It was like the best and perfect timing. I had never been so grateful to see my neighbors in my life. They were like, okay, we're going to grab the kids. And she got her husband and her husband swooped in and I passed my daughter to him. And then another neighbor came over from like two houses down because they heard the screams and uh, he passed my daughter to her. They created like this little line down the hallway and they passed my, uh, my daughter and then they passed my son down. Um, and then my neighbor was like, okay, are you ready? We just got to move the fridge. Cause the fridge was kind of blocking the entrance. And, uh, I was like, I got to get my cat. And so I went back, I grabbed my cat and then uh, on the way out, well, uh, we had an ottoman by the door where we used to store our shoes that was floating. So I threw my cat in there and he sailed out with me. I, uh, my neighbors left, then they took the ottoman and I was the last one out the apartment. And but by the time I left the apartment, it was up to like my chest, the water. And I, I remember having a little hesitation about wanting to do that episode and tell that story too. I was like, this is a lot. Um, and I remember right after it happened, before we started working on the episode, seeing a social media post of Dempsey being hugged by AOC. I was like, oh my gosh, his area was one of the areas visited by members of Congress, by people who were actually, you know, seeing the depth and really the horror that this story brought and just to be able to have him talk about it um, so personally when you didn't have to, I thought sharing that was super powerful because it was such a story that I felt like we should pay more attention to as we go forward. It's the way it's affecting real people's lives, particularly uh, people in communities who do not have what other communities have is, was so impactful to me. I, um, I just want to say, I was going to say before, uh, Linda, I want to thank you uh, for, you know, sharing my story and all of you guys really for wanting to hear me out. Um, I don't know. I feel like I may have told you this uh, or maybe I actually told the therapist that I spoke to because I've been seeing a therapist since. But it's been, it was therapeutic 
to actually talk about it. It was like that was like the first time that wasn't the news or wasn't a family member, even though we're kind of the news, but that I got to tell my story unfiltered uh, and really just like revisit it and think about it because things had moved so quickly. I had to worry about moving my whole family out of there and literally moving, finding another place, adjusting. Um, you know, my son was about to start school. He was one week away from starting school. And then we had a, that like uprooted us so much doing it a couple weeks later, I actually had time to actually sit on it and it felt so good. Um, and then hearing it back, like I, I could hear a strange sense of relief in my voice. So I want to thank you guys. I really do. I, I really love the story about the Afghan community in the Bay Area. That's our producer, Lauren Barry. Coming from Chicago, I, I really didn't know anything about that when we were like going into the episode. And it was wonderful to hear um, the interviews. Both of our guests were really interesting and, and taught me stuff that I, I didn't know about their relationship to you know these wars that have been splashed all over our tv screens for decades but i don't think we really think about like the ink impact on that immigrant community and, and having to watch that i think to be afghan american um means to see all the perspectives our our community is incredibly resilient you know not a single afghan likes to play the victim um, even though, you know, we, we like to be incredibly courageous and brave and it's, you know, a very noble thing to do. However, you know, sometimes we, we hide the pain and the struggle that we are going through privately. So eye opening to me and something I, I haven't really seen anywhere else. So I was grateful that we did that one. <laughs> I really enjoyed the street vendor episode because that was one of the episodes I, I got to be one of the lead writers on. Um, yes, and... you did great on that. And the, <laughs> the whole concept was your idea. Yeah, it was the first time I was able to like pitch a story, write it and produce it as like a lead director. So that was really fun. And, and, and not to interrupt um, you, Sydney, but you were the first oh. person to get me to go out into the field reporting, I think in the first time during this pandemic. That I actually yeah, was able that was to go, and I was so happy that I got to meet. Yeah, that was that really great. I mean, like scheduling those interviews were really fun, and it it's just like a topic that's really close to my heart. And yeah, being able to to get you to go to Queens and go to the the street cart was really amazing. I love everything. You know, for me, it's, you know, cooking and the, and the grill for me is amazing. Serving to my customer, um, give to them the sandwich like i say i put everything for my heart everything i do is for my heart everything i do is sandwich and platter i do like for me i that's why you're asking them you want this you want that you want to add something else because you know i want the, the customers be happy and then come back and say you know mama thank you so much i love your food that's made me you know happy to me <laughs> And I don't think a lot of people, I mean, I at least didn't understand how expensive it is to um, keep those businesses up and how many, you know, fines they get hit with and how it's, it's the system that is, you know, sort of designed to keep people back who might not have those resources to, to keep going. And um, it's, 
it's so encouraging and inspiring to know that there are people out there who are, you know, fighting for these vendors who really are the fabric of every metropolitan city, you know, and so many other cities across the country. We wouldn't be who we are without without these folks. So Linda getting the sound from the food truck and, you know, speaking with Maggie in person. And it just, it made such a big difference. And, you know, all in the name of Hispanic Heritage Month, I think really, that really meant a lot to me too. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. The clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to tunein.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We also looked back at lessons learned by our team. We are coming together near the end of the year. It's been quite the year. I think it's um, perhaps been a little bit, a little bit more wild than we anticipated it to be. Do you remember? At the beginning of 2021, did you foresee any of the things that happened this year? You know, I will have to say, sort of not a direct answer to your question, but that we learned something, or I learned something this year, which is not to say at the end of the year, oh, I'm so glad this year is over. Like, I was so glad 2020 is over. Yay, 2021, because, wow, did we learn a lesson saying that. 2021, this year, I am not going to say, I'm so glad. I can't wait for 2022. Not that I can't, but it's been such a lesson of the past year that we just don't know what's down the pike for us, like what's down the road for us. This pandemic has been so unprecedented. These work times have been so unprecedented. It's so wild to think that we have been working on a podcast together for months and I have never been in the same room with any of you guys. (laughs) Not even once. It's crazy. Well, I have to amend to say Dempsey came in for like two minutes one day. (laughs) I tried to hug him. Other people looked at me like they were horrified. So we did not do that. But it's been such a like a strange but whirlwind year. Um, And and working on this has been such an eye opener. I felt like such a sense of a group and community with you guys, but was so sad that we, you know, despite the fact that some of us are in different parts of the country, we still weren't able to, you know, kind of have our little, our little crew together. I know. I mean, even though we have all this distance, like you said, it's been, it's been really cool. I, you know, when I talk to people about what I'm working on, I'm like, yeah, I get to work with people from, you know, who are in New York and Chicago and it's just, uh, and you know, with Bill being in DC, it's, 
I don't know, it's kind of cool, um, you know, the way that we have been able to sort of flip what's happened <laughs> into this um, kind of well-rounded experience. Um, what about the rest of you guys? Aside from, you know, pandemic stuff, this is a particularly hard year for me. You guys know I lost my home, thankfully relocated. Uh, but before that, uh, I lost a really important person in my life, passed away in March. Uh, ironically, on the same day that my, my daughter was supposed to be born, my daughter was born two months early. She was premature. It was like, it was like back to back to back gut punches. Um, I did not expect. And, um, uh, it also brought a lot of blessings. I have new member of my family and I have a new job that brought me the good fortune to work with all of you. So, um, a mixed bag, but definitely more positives. Um, I think. Um, I'm really grateful this year. I know it's been really hard for a lot of people and I, you know, feel privileged to get to write about people's stories, even if it's a story of struggle. But, um, I came to Odyssey this year. I started my job here in the summer and I came from a newspaper. So it's been really wildly different, but I just, it's been so amazing to, to meet all of you guys virtually and, and watch you at work and learn from you. And, um, it's, it's been a lot of learning. I'm a little overwhelmed sometimes, but it, it's also been like one of the best experiences. Um, so 2021's brought a, a lot of good stuff for me and some of it's you guys. Yes, I also started Odyssey this year. So it's been very exciting to be in a large newsroom and be able to work with such exciting journalists and journalists like you all, which has been really amazing. Um, and I feel really fortunate to be able to work with people in various states throughout the country. And also just, yeah, probably meeting my co-producers has probably been one of the best parts, honestly. Linda, if you think about 2021, connecting all of the dots together, all of the stories that we've told and stories that you've reported on yourself, um, you know, being an anchor and, you know, talking to, speaking with as many people as you do, what were some of the, you know, besides, like you said earlier, never knowing what's gonna happen, um, is there another lesson that you, that you came out of 2021 with? And, you know, what? how do you think you're gonna apply that to 2022? Um, it's so funny, cause I don't know if I think of specific examples, but the perspective that we're bringing to things is so much bigger and so different now, you know, for a couple of things for me, you know, first of all, second year of this pandemic. And like we were saying earlier, I, I'm not going to project anything on the year to come. I'm going to take it. I'm going to look at it with perspective that we have now of how we handle things, how we get through things, how we report those stories. And how we make sure everybody, you know, knows what they need to know, because that's like, that's what we signed up for. That's what we're here to do. Um, and I have to say that, you know, one of the lessons that I'm grateful for too, is getting to see things like through your guys' eyes, getting to see the world through the way you guys force me to look at things that I, I will tell you over and over I don't care about or I don't <laughs> think are important or want to brush through. I'm One of the things that really became clear to me is that I'm really glad to work with this team because I don't have the same outlook in the way that you guys come at it. That was a gift I didn't even know I was getting. That was the thing that was coming to me that I didn't know I needed to have. And so I was super grateful for that. That's really nice to hear. Thank you. <laughs> 
Dempsey working in, in New York in the heart of where COVID was, you know, pretty much last year and heading into 2021 and working on the news, um, you know, after seeing everything that happened this year and, you know, working on these Connect the Dots episodes, what did you come out of 2021 with Lawson Wise? It's tough. It's tough because on one hand, it feels like, you know, there are clearly a lot more things happening than the regular news cycle puts up, you know, uh, COVID, Cuomo, gun violence aside, all that stuff. There, there are actually other important things happening. Uh, and I think that's the one kind of frustrating thing I've always like in my relationship with news that I've always had is that, you know, they're smaller and often some more important stories to tell, like the street vendors one being more involved in the news this year around and and being in this digital space told me is that we have a voice now and it almost feels like our responsibility to tell those stories. I think that I've learned a lot, especially since I'm new to producing, like this is my first year working full time um, at a newsroom. I think that like I've learned a lot about just being able to you know, work efficiently with coworkers and be able to, you know, kind of in certain ways, like overly communicate, like being able to communicate, you know, every detail so we know what's going on with our stories. Connecting the dots of the stories that we told this year. Is there anything like any underlying theme or, you know, some sort of like string that ties together what's happening? in the world and in, in the stories that we've told. Two things I hate in this world the most are money and politics, but it feels like they are the root of everything. It's everywhere. Everything. It's, a, it's unavoidable. Yeah, it's everything. And, and I think that there's a clear argument to be, to be had that each and every one of the topics that we discussed, the root is money and or politics. And it's scary to me because people spend money you need people to spend money to have the economy going and the Mm -hmm. economy fuels politics but these politicians are put in office to represent the people Mm -hmm. and they almost always don't or there's always some disconnect between you know what they want and what the people want and uh yeah it's 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 sad and strange and it's it blows my mind how many different ways of life or, or things it affects, you know, how it affects the space race, how it affects the supply chain. Um, and it goes back to what you were saying, Lauren, that there's just so many resources being misspent. And as far as 2022 goes, what do you see happening? I mean, it's been a little over two years since the pandemic. And I, I can't believe that it's that it's been that long. I think in 2020, we were talking about, you know, oh, 2021, maybe, maybe we'll, we'll have some things together. What do you think 2022 is going to look like news wise? Something that Dempsey actually brought up in a a meeting earlier this week, uh, cryptocurrency, I think is going to be just a really interesting topic going forward. My dad just got really into cryptocurrency. So he's been sending me a lot of videos about it. I'm writing an article <laughs> about it right now. It's like he's trying to convert you. Yeah. He, yeah. It's like, 
I, I'm writing an article about it right now, and there's so many terms that you have. I'm like, I feel like I'm writing in a different language about NFTs and Ethereum. Um, but I, I do think that that is going to be um, something that we'll have to to follow because a lot of Gen Z and millennials seem to be investing in it. And sometimes it's not the safest thing and it's kind of volatile. So I think there'll definitely be some stories related to that. Um, and then we were talking also about um, school shootings, um, which I, you know, depressingly continued to be an issue. Um, even with COVID, schools haven't been open that long and there's just an, another shooting recently. So um, I think we wanted to look at gun laws and I think that's definitely something that we should be looking at. Yeah, and then just seeing of all these school shootings, you know, all of this stuff coming to a head, what's gonna be done? I'm wondering, you know, the way that we handled the social injustices and racial injustices last year, the way that everyone demanded more from politicians, more from policymakers, the way that everyone was out in the streets. Like I personally didn't see as many protests, as many yeah. people protesting this year. Was it because of COVID? Is it because we all had to get back to work and had to get back to our lives? I, it'll be interesting to see if that momentum and if that demand for change is going to reemerge in 2022, if we're all, or if we're all going to be so tired um, and just trying to make it that we sort of settle again. And I think that's my my biggest my biggest question. I'm hoping not. I enjoyed this so much, guys. Thank you so much. Thank you, Linda. Happy Merry holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas. Thank you so much. Yeah. Yes. Happy holidays. Happy holidays. Talk to you guys later. Have a good weekend. Bye connecting the dots on our own work, and looking forward to the new and important stories we'll get to tell in the year ahead. That's our episode to end this year. This episode of Connect the Dots was written and produced by Lauren Barry, Sydney Fishman, Dempsey Pilat, and Tim Scheld. The editor of this episode was Sydney Fishman. The executive producer of Connect the Dots is Mallory Samara. After the new year, we'll be looking at what was happening in the Capitol in January of 2021, and how that impacted the rest of the country. You can subscribe to Connect the Dots and listen to past episodes by finding us on the Odyssey app and on Apple and Google Podcasts. From WCBS 880 in New York, I'm Linda Lopez. Thanks for listening. TuneIn is the audio platform with something for everyone. News. In order to secure convictions in a court of law, it is essential that we conclusively. Sports. That clock at four. Donchich. The step back three. You bet. Music. You set my world on fire. Yes, and even podcasts. Whatever you love, hear it right here on TuneIn. Go to TuneIn.com or download the TuneIn app to start listening. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. 
Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. 